You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. Hello, everybody. Um, Welcome back to Heart and Soul, and thank you for being patient with me as I um, navigate a tough week. Not going to lie. It's been a really hard week. I don't know if there's any solidarity in that, but um, I hope you're all hanging in there. And you know what? We made it to Friday. I don't know how, but we made it to Friday. So let's um, celebrate that. (laughs) Um, I wanted to do an episode this week to recognize Need a Week, um, which stands for National Eating Disorder Awareness. Um, it was this past Monday through Friday, so I am just here in the nick of time. (laughs) Um, but for those of you who have been following since the very beginning of Heart and Soul, when Chelsea and I originally started this podcast in season one, we had both, um, come together with similar stories and struggling with body image and, um, healing from that and then entering into working in the fitness industry and kind of using what we had, um, I guess like what chains we had broken through and what we had learned and how we had grown to send a different message to women, especially who are in the, who are getting caught up in maybe the marketing of diet culture and the fitness world. Um, instead of, creating a certain physical standard or aesthetic for how a woman should look, uh, which unfortunately is so often spit out in today's society. Um, Our heart for heart and soul is to always remind women that how they were created uniquely and beautifully knitted is perfect and that they don't need to strive to look like anyone else. Um, especially these insane standards that are impossible to meet and require very unhealthy habits along with it. So I am going to address some just some statistics and also kind of touch base on a little bit of my story with um, disordered eating. And then also I posted a um, questionnaire thing. I don't know what it's called. Like ask me a question on Instagram and asked a few questions, just asking for the followers, my followers to just be a little vulnerable and share their perspective on body image and disordered eating. And it is insane. I'm talking three pages worth. I typed it out because I'm OCD, but (laughs) three pages worth of answers, um, that I typed out in a Google doc. So it's so amazing and cool and insane and awesome that you all so shamelessly shared your personal stories. And of course I will keep them anonymous. Um, but my hope and my heart in sharing these questions and answers and statistics and even pieces of my story with you are to encourage you and remind you that you are never alone and that what you might be struggling with in secret only can experience healing when it's brought to the surface and brought to light. And so my prayer for you is that if your body image or disordered eating is something that you have struggled with, currently struggle with, or um, maybe have temptations to dive into, 
Um, I pray that this would make you feel less alone and encourage you to take um, the step towards the other direction towards healing and body acceptance and love for yourself. Um, So just a trigger warning before I dive deeper into this episode, we are going to be discussing eating disorders, disorder eating, habits, mental health, um, and diet culture. So if this is something that will trigger you in whatever, in the season of life that you are in right now, I would please encourage you to just skip this episode. Um, The last thing I want when someone is listening to this is for them to feel discouraged or maybe pushed to enter into um, an unhealthy habit. So if this is something that will just spark maybe negative feelings in you or maybe feel make you feel a certain way triggered wise, then I would just suggest skipping this episode. And if you'd like to come back and listen when you're feeling healthy, then um, please do. But if not, no harm done. I want you to feel encouraged. Um, okay, so... Sorry if I sound rushed. My son is napping and he's been (laughs) sick this week, which is why I um, am releasing this episode on Friday. And his sleep schedule is so off. So his naps are either um, not at the right time, on my chest, in a stroller, or interrupted. So (laughs) I guarantee um, I might have to like pause and then pick this back up later. But um, here I am doing the most, doing what I can with the time that I have. Um, okay. So diving right in just a little bit of my story. I started dealing with, I think as a woman, we all deal with bad body image days and we tend to compare ourselves. But when I was 22 years old, I went on a diet for the first time and I got really obsessed with numbers on scales, numbers and calories and saw, saw this control kind of take over me that While I was anxious in a season of life where I was entering into the corporate world, graduated college, one thing that I could control was what I ate, when I ate it, how I exercised, how long I exercised, and all the numbers that go with that. Counting calories, counting minutes, um, counting, counting, counting. I became a little obsessed with that and um, it eventually turned to being really obsessed with the number on the scale and watching it go down. Um, So I... that. I was 22 when that happened, which is crazy that that was 12 years ago. This is starting to date me. Um, And then eventually, maybe I was 23. No, I was 23. Sorry. (laughs) Wrong fact. I was 23. So it was 11 years ago. Um, And then that eventually, after a few months of just that lifestyle of like being obsessed with every single little thing um, that I put in my body or how I expended um, energy with calories, I just became addicted to weight loss and I really found validation in how the number went down whether it be on a scale or in my clothing size and I also um, began to enter into a deeper darker anxiety period of life where I was overthinking everything and um I guess the word I would use is isolating myself from social situations, from relationships, um, becoming just visually very unhealthy, but also internally very, very unhealthy um, to the point where people in my life obviously recognize the physical aspect of it, but 
were also made aware just by how my character had changed, how I had become more introverted, quiet, um, less of myself. It's like the life was kind of sucked out of my soul um, because I was so obsessed with being selfish and how I looked and controlling that that I could not physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually even pour into others or even myself. So it that started in when I was 23 years old. So it lasted pretty severely for about two to three years. Um, when I was 25, I made the decision to have a fresh start, enter therapy. God really kind of like consumed my soul and made me, I guess, come back to life and realize that I can give him all my my troubles, my struggles, and that I can come to him with whatever I'm going through and he will take it and then bring me through it. So at 25 years old, I started therapy. I started telling people about what I was struggling with. And I eventually made my way to Wilmington to just start, have a fresh start, uh, meet new people, not be the, known as the girl who lost a lot of weight, not um, be trapped in the environment that I kind of felt stuck in and instead just kind of set myself free, both physically and emotionally. So um, moved to Wilmington and then that eventually turned into more healing um, through my spiritual relationship with God, through this community here, um, and through ultimately being shameless, which led to soul fitness, um, which led to this heart and soul podcast. So I really feel like God has put me on this earth to, well, to do a lot of things, but to share this message of shameless living. And, um, that can be about any season that you're in. I feel like a lot of times when we're struggling, it has to, it does take a physical toll on us. So whether that's um, like a dis- disordered eating habit or um, seclusion or aches and pains, I feel like our bodies really are kind of like this message board or a sounding board for how our heart is doing. And so I feel like God is calling me to be used to kind of be shameless about where I'm at with my body, with my body image, and encourage women especially to not punish themselves and to enter into freedom by loving and accepting exactly who God created. When I named it soul, um, a lot of people think it's the soul of your shoe and that's really cool and catchy. Or a lot of people think it's because it's about your soul, which it is. But S-O-L-E, when I looked it up, really just is a synonym for matchless. And I wanted every woman to feel matchless. When they came into contact with one of my ministry's businesses, whether that be Soul Fitness, this podcast, or just having coffee with me um, or DMing me, sliding into my DMs. I just want them to feel that type of matchlessness and know that they are perfectly created, uniquely created, and completely enough. Um, So I'm just going to share a little bit about what y'all shared with me um, when it came to my questionnaire that I posted on Instagram. Um, But before that, I'm going to dive into just a a few statistics to kind of help you um, open your eyes to be more aware of just how prevalent and common disordered eating is, not only in women, but also in men um, and of all ages. So I'm going to just kind of dive into a few things that have really stuck out to me as I've been on social media this week that have been raising awareness for need a week. So first thing I'm going to read is what is an eating disorder? And there's so many complex definitions for this and it's expansive and um, it's, there's a lot, but I'm going to read this, which I felt was very, um, 
I, I just felt like it was very correct. And I'm going to read it. Eating disorders are serious, complex, and potentially life-threatening mental illnesses. I think that's really important to hear is the mental aspect. They are characterized by disturbances in behaviors, thoughts, and attitudes towards food, eating, and body weight or shape. Um, the mental illness is really important there because although it is starts from a physical control or maybe it makes itself known in the physical realm, it is actually something that is mentally destroying millions of people, which I will get to in a second. Um, are they really that serious eating disorders? And the answer is yes, of course, eating disorders, no matter the diagnosis. So if you've been clinically diagnosed or if your mind just feels consumed by these negative thoughts, these uh, eating disorders can have serious consequences on not only your mental state, but also your physical being. Restriction can cause, I'm going to butcher these words because I'm not a doctor, um, but bradycardia, slower metabolism, digestive issues, and more. Some statistics following that is that suicide is up to 31 more times higher Um than someone without an eating disorder. So if you have an eating disorder, it's 30 time, 31 more times higher um, that you would consider suicide or actually act in that. Um, mortality rate is six times higher for someone who has an eating disorder. Um, people forget that it's not just about looking aesthetically um, smaller, but also what comes along with that is the internal destruction of your organs and the actual literal shutting down of your body. So there is a high mortality rate for women, men, everyone who struggle with disordered eating. Um, our bodies are machines and when we start to treat them, we don't give them the oil that they need or the gas that they need or the fuel and energy that they need. They will begin to shut down and that unfortunately can lead to mortality. Um, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate than any other psychiatric disorder. Um, 28.8 million Americans experience an eating disorder at some point in their lives. Lives. Um, 28.8 million Americans. That is a lot. Um, so this is rampant. It's everywhere. And if it's something that you feel like you are struggling with, then I really would love and encourage you to take action. Um, and that doesn't have to be something huge. It can be simply something as texting NEDA, N-E-D-A, to 741-741 just to receive some resources that um, might help you in stepping into healing. It could also look like contacting a therapist or a psychiatrist to um, more share what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with um, and help you just dig deeper to the behind the scenes of it. It could also look like reaching out to a friend, a trusted friend, a trusted mentor in your um, community, someone who you um, look up to, respect, and who you know would keep your secrets safe um, and then also help you step into healing. You can also go to nationaleatingdisorders.org um, or call the hotline 1-800-931-2237. And I will put all of that in the show notes as well today. Um, just so you have something to step into, you can also always message me if maybe you're like, I can't think of anyone in my life who um, I feel comfortable sharing this with right now and I need something a little more anonymous, but someone I know I can trust. I would love for you to message me, whether that be through the heart and soul podcast at gmail.com email or through sending me a DM on Instagram. 
um, preferably on my personal one because that's the one I check the most, which is at K-C-O-L-L, at K-Call. Okay, now I'm going to get into your answers and hopefully touch them all before my baby wakes up. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I put out a poll and asked people to answer um, if they have struggled with body image to the extent of disordered eating. And 72% of people actually answered yes, which means that the thoughts that they had towards their body ended up, resulted in a physical action of restriction um, or some sort of orthorexic pattern or disordered eating pattern. The second question I asked was, how has your view affected, your view of your body affected your relationships in life? Sorry, y'all, I cannot talk. (laughs) Um, And I'm just going to read off these bullet points just so, again, my purpose in this is for you to feel less alone. Like, oh, wow, I'm not the only one that this has happened to or or that this has affected in this way. So again, I'm just going to repeat the question and then read off these bullet points and try not to, even though I am a talker, (laughs) Um, dive too deep into it and just hopefully let it resonate with your heart and where you're at right now. First question, how has your view of your body affected your relationships? Makes you selfish. It's isolating. I'm missing out on enjoyable moments. I'm avoiding social events or going out to dinner with friends. It's affected me sexually. It's created jealousy, envy, insecurity, disconnectedness. It's created irritability and a spirit of rejection with others. Um, I'm thinking for other people and creating thoughts for my spouse instead of listening to what they actually have to say. I'm distancing myself from friends and family. I'm constantly comparing myself to others. I'm showing up distracted and shut down in places in life. Um, I've been judgmental. It's made me feel unlovable, so I would act unlovable. Um, It's made me feel like I was trying to prove my worth. And it also has me thinking that someone would only date me or be with me in an intimate relationship if I had a perfect body. The next question is, in what ways have others' words affect how you view your body and your self-worth? If you've listened to this podcast before, then you know I'm very passionate about words. Um, The words that you say or the words that someone says around you have a lot of power um, on your mind. So again, repeating the question, in what ways have others' words affected how you view your body and your self-worth? It's made me feel inadequate while I was pregnant. Words would be said like, you must be starving your baby, you're all baby, etc. I've also been called huge, the words in quote, the word huge in quotes while pregnant. Um, comments about food, weight, etc. have hurt my view of myself and my love of myself. Um, in a positive way, I haven't been on a scale in over a year because of words that a friend used to encourage me towards healing. And because of that, I am finding healing. Um Back to the negative ways, Um, words have made me feel like my weight means that I don't hold the same value as others. Um, Family have said things like, don't worry, you'll lose the weight. Um, When I was unhealthy, and this is a huge one for me as well, whoever sent this in. um, Someone said when I was unhealthy, I got praise from family members, aka when I was starving my body, restricting, over-exercising, or treating myself in a negative way, that's when people started to say things about my body image. Wow, you look so thin. Wow, you look so great. What have you done? You've lost weight. And even when you just want to say that um, and um, be specific on this, that even when you feel like you're complimenting someone, if you are using a physical aspect or someone's weight as a compliment, it has 
it has the ability to trigger them towards um, unhealthier patterns. So I would just encourage you with your words and compliments to say things about someone's character instead. Um, Like, wow, you are so resilient. You're so strong. You've really been through a lot. Um, You are so kind. Um, You light up a room when you walk into it. Um, It just kind of takes the um, weight, (laughs) I hate to use that pun, um, off of the words that you use about someone's actual weight and instead um, puts the emphasis on who they are, not what they look like. Um, Continuing in with this question about how others' words have affected your view of your body and your self-worth, I've had comments on body image that are more hurtful than helpful. Um, I've not felt good in a bathing suit or naked. Um, This person kind of went into a deeper Um, They called it a rant, but I would consider it encouraging, so I'll read it. Um, It says, not always words, but whenever I would talk about wanting to make a change regarding my body or my diet, some people would either roll their eyes or they'll say, like, you're so tiny or you're already skinny or you don't have to worry about your diet. And those types of responses make me feel guilty for even talking to others about my health. And while I feel like I have a healthy relationship with my body, if responses like that sometimes make me feel ashamed for expressing my feelings, I can't imagine how it would make someone else who is struggling with their body image or someone who is actually participating in disordered eating. Um, and this is from someone who is in a thin body and would admit that. And so I also just want to remind you that um, compliments that you think you're giving to someone about how their body looks, even if they're already in a thin body, um, have the ability to negatively impact someone. So whether they're in a larger body or a smaller body, I guess the point of this is don't use words to compliment people that are about their body. Just compliment their character. Um, Next question is, what are specific things that trigger you to question your worth in regards to your body image? And these are things that I want to mention because I think that it will also encourage you hopefully to maybe get rid of some. Um, Obviously not all of them you can get rid of, but just be more aware of them um, in your everyday life. So what are specific things that trigger you to question your worth in regards to your body? Social media, comparison, holidays, hormones, bloating, clothing and shopping, taking photos, working out, being in a bathing suit, my own mind, feeling trapped in my thoughts. Anytime someone's dieting around me, that's big for me too, whoever said that. Um, When I see my family and friends idolizing someone because of their figure, comparing myself to celebrities and people that I follow on Instagram, Being pregnant was triggering for my body image, knowing that I needed to gain weight, but being terrified of how much I would gain and if I'd ever be able to lose that weight after the baby came. Um, Also, BMI at the doctor is triggering, um, and really just any time at the doctor. A lot of people said doctor. (laughs) Um, Next question is, when you feel insecure, what are some ways, and this is hopefully where we can pivot and feel less alone and hopefully feel encouraged. Um... Instead of just feeling like we're less alone, but also feel encouraged to step into healing. Um, So I'm really, really encouraged by your answers here, especially. Um, But this question is, when you feel insecure, what are some ways that you find encouragement to remember your worth? Solidarity, knowing that I'm not alone. Healing is possible. Freedom is possible. God will meet you where you are, but he will never leave you. You are loved. Taking care of your body is a privilege, not a punishment. This body is a temporary rental. The perfection you seek is already seen in you by the Father. Your outer shell does not and cannot hold more worth than your inner being. 
Silence the noise. Choose what you tell yourself and run with it. Be kind to yourself. The grass isn't greener with a better body. Find ways to make your body feel good instead of focusing on your looks. Make exercise fun. Throw the scale away. This person said, I threw mine in a dumpster and it was fun. (laughs) It actually does sound kind of fun. And I totally retweet on all that. Throw the scale away. Throw the scale away. Throw the scale away. Can't repeat that enough. Um, Continuing on. Share your struggles with people who love you and are not afraid to call you out if needed. Others are looking at your heart, not your body. Happiness is found when you're not obsessing about your body. No one remembers what you looked like. They only remember how you made them feel. You are so much more than your body shape or your size. You can't see it now, but the way your body looks is the least interesting thing about you. I love you. I'm with you. And last but not least, reminding myself that my body is supposed to change as I age. Retweet. That is so true. Um, and then finally, this one really, really, I love this question. And we ask it at the end of every single podcast when I have a guest. And that is, what is one thing that you love about yourself? And I'm going to read some of these because this, this one really just encouraged me because you all have so much about you that is lovely and worth loving and noting and pointing out and tooting your own horn about. Um, and it has nothing to do with how you look. It's all about who you are. So what is one thing you love about yourself? People find comfort with me, my heart. I never settle on shame. Every chain can break. I'm a really good friend. I'm not afraid to unsubscribe to the norm. My intentions and freedom to be who I am. My resilience. I'm hilarious. My kindness. My kids light up around me. So again, the purpose of this episode is to raise awareness, provide encouragement, help you feel less alone, and also I want to set an intention for you right now as you're listening or maybe as this wraps up in a few minutes to think about something or more than one thing that you love about yourself in the way that God has created you or in the way that you use your gifts on a daily basis and take the time to write them down because Those are the things that matter. Like someone said in that last answer, your body is the least interesting thing about you. And the only thing that people remember will remember about you is not how you looked, but how you made them feel. So I hope you feel comfortable, shameless, and loved as you listen to this podcast. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Friday and weekend. And if you're listening to this at a different time, whatever day you're on, I hope you're making it a good one. You're lovely, you're worthy, and you are enough. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heart and Soul. If this episode encouraged you in any way, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Talk to you next week.